BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. What you rocking zeal twos? I'm blowing past some zeal two. You know I got a zeal two. Pay respect and pay your dues. Switching lanes zeal two. I change the game zeal two. They know my name zeal two. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where although the trek up until this point has felt at times as slow and plodding as a Brooke Lopez spin move into a reverse spin move into an unnecessary pump fake into an even more unnecessary up and under layup in the post, it is finally here. The NBA regular season, Lakers basketball, no more, it's just preseason. Uh, with that being said, I'm joined by my co-host, Alan Riley and Tommy Alexander. Alan, I know for you and a large portion of LA, much of your focus and mind right now is on the Dodgers, but how are you feeling knowing that the Dodgers are up 2-0 and the Lakers season is right at our doorstep? I'm feeling lit. Would you like me to expand? <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, you're a huge Dodgers fan. So. Yeah, dude. Um, so actually, Tommy and I watched the game on television, uh, game one on Saturday evening, and it was so nerve-wracking. Like, I don't know what it is. Just playoff baseball compared to any other sport. 
puts me on the edge of my seat like no other, and it's almost painful. Like, it's fun, but at the same time, I, I utterly hate it. So, um, just experience a lot of emotions when watching, and last night's walk-off by Justin Turner, Game 2 was freaking ridiculous. Uh, and I know I've said so many times on this podcast before, like, obviously for the last few years as Laker fans, we haven't had a whole lot to cheer for as far as results go, um, positive results, that is. But being a Dodger fan the last five years, or for the last five years, um, I've been a Dodger fan my whole life, but the last five years in particular have just been so freaking stressful. And it's nice to have a team that's really playing for something uh, in the postseason. Awesome. This is your Dodgers Dynasty podcast. It's lit! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tommy, how about you? How are you feeling? Lakers Season is here, officially here. The NBA starts tomorrow, Boston versus the Cavs. I mean, NBA. I feel fine. (laughs) 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 I'm just messing with you. I'm super lit as well. Uh, Ready to watch some basketballs. (laughs) All right. With that said, today we are doing our season preview for the Lakers. Um, None of this is going to be anything to think too deeply about or analyze too closely. We're just kind of going to give our gut reactions based off of what we've seen in summer league and preseason and just give our predictions on the Lakers record, core player stats, and then maybe also predict some awards as well regarding who's going to be the Lakers MVP this season, who's going to be the most improved player, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But before we get to that, per usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate interview us on iTunes because the more you rate interview us, that is how many more exclusive chicken nugget Szechuan sauce packets McDonald's will add to their stock in every location near you because apparently they only have 20 per store and they are such a hot commodity that people are selling single dips to customers for $10. Have you guys seen that or heard about that? There's this guy on Reddit who uh, That's was selling, yeah, selling $10. There was a line for it too. People would just dip one of their chicken nuggets into the sauce and pay them 10 It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> That's kind of gross, too. Yeah, dude. Hey, so I'm guessing none of you have had the Chef's One sauce yet. No. Uh, no I've not had I don't it. think I've had McDonald's in about two years. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> uh, but Tommy, do you do you know what the... Sh- I, apparently, there's a connection to Rick and Morty. Is this Rick's favorite sauce or something? Yeah, he loves the sauce. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a reference from the show. So it's like unofficial, though, right? Or, I mean, I don't... This yeah, thing- no, yeah, absolutely unofficial. I feel like... <laughs> It's funny because when you ask if you tried the sauce, I feel like I have because I've heard it referenced so much in like pop culture, including you reminded me right now, including in Rick and Morty. So I wish I tried it, but apparently it was insane that day and um, the one day it came out. So I, I didn't get a chance to. Oh, was it really only one day? Wow, that's crazy. They really milked that, I guess. Um, yeah, it was yeah. only one day. And I guess maybe some people had like or some stores had like a little extra overflow but i think most places like i saw a bunch of news articles about how there were like lines around the around the block for mcdonald's you know and in and out that's like common but you don't really see that at mcdonald's normally because so many people were trying to get the sauce well yeah so if you want to actually taste that szechuan sauce please rate and review us mcdonald's doesn't sponsor us by the way but uh they don't they don't (laughs) you would think (laughs) they can though (laughs) um But yeah, speaking of rating and reviews, tonight we're going to have Tommy Alexander, our impressionist extraordinaire, read our review, and he will be doing it as King Kyle Kuzi, Kyle Kuzma. So Kyle, whenever you're ready, take it away. 
This review is entitled Only the Finest Breast Milks <laughs> by Eddie T86. Dank. Fire. Three fire emojis. <laughs> only the finest. Yes, the finest. If you want to listen to a podcast that's only slightly less lit than Laker Film Room, listen here. S- still pretty lit, though. And too legit to quit. That's it. <laughs> All right. That- <laughs> I think that was probably one of our funniest reviews that we've ever had to read on air. Um, the breast milks. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, only the finest breast milks. But if that's a parallel to the stuff that we pump out into your ears then, then oh. great. <laughs> I don't I don't know man I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and read too deeply into that but Tommy nice I, I would ask you right there <laughs> um what went into your channeling of Cal Kuzma today to read that very hilarious review I tried to imagine a guy who was from Flint Michigan and who's gonna win rookie of the year this year and who milked cows? No, just kidding. <laughs> only and the who finest. only enjoys the finest breast milks? <laughs> I don't know if the, I don't know if that's what they do in Flint, Michigan. But yes, that's awesome. You sounded just like soon-to-be MVP Kyle Kuzma. And yeah, please rate and review us on iTunes because guess what, guys? We are at 199 reviews. Season hasn't started yet. Can we still get to 200? I sure hope so. Which hero out there is going to push us over the edge? Literally, the next review that's posted, we will definitely be reading that on our next Lakers opening night episode. So please, somebody get us over the hump. 200 finest breast milks. Let's go. Um, also, if you are so, in- so inclined, please also consider donating to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. It is p- the link is pinned to the top of our Twitter about section. Um, even a dollar helps, three dollars, whatever. You can make a one-time donation or prove to be a monthly sponsor as well. That would help us out a lot. All right, with that said, let's get into our Lakers season preview right before the Lakers take on the Clippers this Thursday night. Right before we get to that, though, we've got some news. I'll just run through them really quickly. Uh, Josh Hart has an Achilles strain. He's going in for an MRI. Hopefully nothing too serious. Lonzo Ball apparently is looking better on his ankle. He's been scrimmaging with the Lakers, and he said he will for sure play an opening night, so that's great. Julius Randle, I forgot what the exact injury was, but they're calling it an intercostal strain. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but I think he had some sort of like hip thing going on in in the last preseason game they had, and he was limited in practice and being considered day-to-day. Just a reminder, there's no KCP for the first two games as he was suspended for a DUI. Uh, right now, we're not sure who's going to start in his place, but I think in scrimmage today, Luke Walton had Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Luau Deng, Larry Nance, and Brooke Lopez in there. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Eesh. You should see the look on my face right now. <laughs> <laughs> look like I did not just drink the finest breasts milk. I can tell you that. <laughs> past overdue milk anyways but yeah i I don't know how i feel about luo dang being a three again and even just starting we thought at this point given the fact that he's only played 10 minutes in throughout all preseason that he's even getting minutes is ridiculous to me um but with that said so that's the news for now before we get into like the awards and our predictions does anybody have any last statements on preseason as a whole alan i know we haven't heard from you a lot but i guess you have any overarching thoughts on like what you've seen in preseason 
Uh, I mean, they improved. You know, that game against the Clippers was definitely uh, the most complete game of the preseason, regardless of whether Blake Griffin, DeAndre, etc. were playing. Um, they looked a lot better out there, and you, you could definitely see in terms of the offensive strategy and and uh, some of the plays that they're running, you know, there is for sure improvement. Uh, looked ugly <laughs> to start for sure, and it was it was underwhelming, but um, I think just being patient and kind of tempering expectations is, is going to be the key to everybody's Laker mental health. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I liked what I was seeing uh those last couple games. Tommy, what about you? Do you have a bookend to the Lakers preseason comment? Uh, for me, the big thing is just let's sustain defense. I think Alan made a good point that they played well at the end uh, against the Clippers, at least offensively. I thought defense, like even I think Luke said after the game, it took a step back. Um, and that's the thing. If we can compete, okay, nobody's going to compete for 82 games like, max intensity, like, it's just not possible. The season's too long. But if we can compete in 75 80% of our games at a high level defensively, like we did for maybe two games of the preseason, then um, I think that'll be be really good. But, um, yeah, just got to make sure – just got to make sure they stay consistent with that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, on to the regular season. We have actually a Twitter question from one of our followers – it comes from at AFA underscore brain, half a brain, half a brain, I guess. Uh, he asks, is Kuzma the savior of the Lakers? But seriously, what is your ideal Lakers rotation and has Kuzma bumped his way into it? And I guess we can also touch upon the who is going to start in the starting lineup for these first two games that KCP is out. With regards to is Kuzma the savior of the Lakers, I think it's a resounding yes. Uh, with in terms of the Lakers rotation, I guess first let's start with Tommy. Who would you like for the Lakers to actually start as their starting five for the first two games? Uh, so I really hate this Luol Deng lineup. I'll just put that out there first. So what I would do, I like the Brandon Ingram at the two. I think that's a fine idea. I would do um, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kuzma, Nance, and Brooke Lopez. And I think that way you still have Julius Randle and Clarkson off the bench. Uh, you know, Corey Brewer can put in some minutes uh, at the wing. And you're minimizing the amount of time that Luol Deng has to play. Because I know Kuzma's a rookie, but he hasn't played like a normal rookie so far. He has a lot of confidence. We're playing undermanned. Like, I'm not saying start him all 82 games from the beginning, but for these first two games, I think... It could give us a nice boost to start the game offensively because otherwise we're just going to it's just gonna be a really bad lack of spacing between Ingram, whose shot isn't falling yet, Larry Nance and Luel Deng, all starting with Lonzo Ball. I just don't see how that works. Yeah, for me the Deng thing is so random given the fact that he hasn't played at all in Summer League. And even if, honestly, even if they start Jordan Clarkson at the two, that makes more sense to me. If it was Lonzo Ball, Jordan Clarkson, Brandon Ingram, Nance, and Brooke Lopez, even that makes more sense right. to just have Luau Deng come out of nowhere to play two games. And then I'm pretty sure he's not going to be playing a lot more after those first two games. Yeah. To me, it just sounds kind of pointless. Alan, what yep, about you? Yeah, I agree 100% with Tommy. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, and then if there was any hesitation to put Kuzma in the starting lineup, then I would go to uh, Jordan Clarkson at the two. Um, we know that Luke doesn't like to break up his various rotations, especially 
you know, having that bench unit really stay intact. So I can see why he wants JC and Randall coming off the bench together, but uh, the dang thing really comes out of nowhere. Um, and yeah, Jonathan, you made a really good point about offensively, like what the heck are you going to do? Um, sure, Lonzo can create offense for people, but if you can't really do anything with that offense on the recipient end, um, it's obviously going to be pointless. Um, as well as Luol Deng played in the second game of the preseason when he was knocking down those corner threes, um, it, it just does not make a whole lot of sense. So hopefully they're just experimenting with that today, although I don't even know what the point of doing that experiment is. It, it kind of sounds like a waste of time. Yep, agree. So let's move on to the question, what is your ideal Lakers rotation? And I think it's obvious that we think that Kuzma has bumped his way into it. But I guess moving forward, and this isn't necessarily who we think is going to start, but I guess in our opinion right now, who would we want to see out there as consistently as possible? Like the best five. I think for me, it would probably be, and I mean, I don't know how it's actually going to look out there because we haven't really seen it. I think it would be Lonzo Ball at the one. Brandon Ingram at the two, Kuzma at the three, Randall at the four or Randall at the five, and Larry Nance at the four or five. You can interchange either of them. I think for me that would be, and maybe I'm just saying that because those are our, our, our core young dudes, but I also think that that unit together can switch defensively a lot. Uh, they might get beaten down low in the post, but I think they can beat other teams with their speed activity. And then on offense, I think there's enough spacing there with Kuzma. Actually, maybe just Kuzma. So I don't know. Uh, Tommy, what about you? What do you think is the Lakers' ideal rotation in your mind? Ideal rotation or ideal five, best five lineup? Or ideal five, yeah. Um, I think my ideal five would probably be... It would be probably very similar to the starting lineup, but I would probably do – well, actually, no. I'll, I'll go closer maybe to what you said. So I'll say um, Lonzo Ball, KCP, uh, Brandon Ingram, and then Kyle Kuzma at the four, and then either of Nance or Randall, like wh- whoever's having a better game that day, slash – you know, whether we need more offense or defense. If we need more offense, Randall. If we need more defense, Nance. But that's how I would do uh, my starting five. Or my not my starting five, but my, my best five lineup, I guess. Alan, what about you? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. The biggest difference would essentially be have KCP in there. Um, you know, we're hoping he can knock down some clutch three-pointers. Um, we're hoping defensively he can lock up the other team's best player. I can see why having B.I. at the two to guard the other team's best player would also be good strategically. But, um, yeah, just having two wing defenders out there who could really lock down some other players would be uh, ideal in my mind. So I would have Zoe, KCP, B.I., Kuz, and then, like Tommy said, it just depends between Randall and Nance. It's, for those guys, since they're pretty streaky, it's just like whoever's having a good day um, you're going to insert them in there. Um, as far as who I think would have like a greater tendency to be in, if it's closing a game out, geez, maybe Randall. Like he played pretty well uh, for the duration of preseason. Nance looked kind of like, I mean, he wants to do well, and he's talked a lot in his interviews about like the mental aspect for him and how he beats himself up too much. And 
you know, you don't really want a guy in there at the end of the game who's kind of hanging his head because he isn't playing up to his own standards. So I guess I would lean Julius slightly over Nance. Yeah. I mean, the problem with these lineups, whether it was mine or your guys' is like, Kuzma is our best shooter there. I know inserting KCP, but in theory, you'd say, okay, there's spacing here, but he hasn't shot the ball well. Hopefully that comes around. But I think it's it's still to be seen how Brandon Ingram fares at the two spots. So I think it'll be interesting to see how these first two games go, just because I don't know how fluid he'd be at that position and, and where they'd have him on the attacking on the offense, really. Maybe he's just, he'll just come off of screens and curls and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I think the start of the season should be interesting for that purpose alone. Um, with that said, let's get into our regular season preview and our predictions and player stats and awards segment right now. So let's start off with the top line in terms of what do we think the Lakers season record will be by the end of it all? Tommy, I will start with you. Um, I, th- I think last year we all had, when we did this last year, we all had about 30 to 35 wins. Um, we fell short of that. <laughs> we fell uh, short of that because of injuries, of course. So we ended last season with 27 wins. But Tommy, what, what are you looking at this year? This year I'm looking at uh, 33 wins. 3-3. Three, three. I have 33 wins as well. 33 and 49. Alan, what about you? 34 it is. <laughs> 34, 34 it is. 35 just sounds crazy. That's why. Like, seriously, 35 is like, whoa, that's, you round that up to 40. So I got to go slightly under that because it's closer to 30 and I don't want to be just like you guys. So here's here's my rationale for hitting 33. Um, I think last year, obviously, we were a better team than our record suggested just because right. we got hit with so many injuries, right? And then there was a period in the season where we we were even 10 and 10. It was really the injuries that derailed us, the lack of chemistry that followed that, and then us never being able to rebound from that. I think this year, if we don't get as injury prone as last year, I don't think this team, I don't know, do you guys think this team at full health is better than last year's team at full health? I just kind of even it out because I think I don't I don't necessarily think that this year's team is at the peak of last year's team like but I think if they stay healthy that they'll be able to kind of just even it out a bit and then still get to that 33 that we projected from last year. I don't know how you guys see the the flow of the season going whether you think we'll start off as as hot as last year or you think it'll be more a slow progression. Tommy, what do you think? I think it'll definitely be a more of a slow progression. Um I actually think the team is better than last year. I think the team is more balanced. I think we have less ball stoppers, which helps. Um, and our guys are obviously all a year more experienced. Uh, but beyond that, we just have like better players too. Like we lost a couple of pretty good players, but we gained like some solid veterans, which this isn't mm-hmm. like a, we gained a, solid veteran in Timothy Mozgov situation. Like we gained one of the better centers in the NBA in Brooke Lopez, maybe at least in the top 10, if not, if not better than that. And we gained Contavious Caldwell Pope and we haven't had a guard defender in, it feels like since 2007 when Kobe actually played defense. So it it's, uh, I think we're better and more balanced on overall. Um, but I think it'll be much more of a slow grind. I think last year our team was more tailored to, just shocking people because we had so many shooters and we had so many guys who could just go off on any given night. Um, so when they were buying in defensively, the shots were falling early and that's why we got hot. I think this year will be more of a, 
we'll see more like growth over the course of the year. And it won't be, I mean, there, there's going to be, if you, if you only win 33 games in a season, there's stretches where you lose like 10 in a row. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so that's going to happen, but I just think it's not going to be like lose 13 games in a row, win one, lose 13 games in a row again. I don't, I don't think it's going to really be like that. I think it's, but then start the season 10 and seven or, you know, I think it's going to be more of a slow, yeah. slow grind. Yeah, for sure. I, I I misspoke a little bit in terms of saying I think last year's team at its peak was better than this year's. I think just in terms of continuity, because we had several guys who had been on the team at least two years, yeah, and so true, they all knew true. how to play with each other. And then Lou Will was there, Nick Young was there. Like I think last year's team, we definitely had a better shooting team from the outside. And so, like you said, I think they were better tailored to kind of shock shock certain teams and were already ready to like make those steps but this year we're, we've got Lonzo Ball who hasn't even played summer league or preseason and so they have to adjust to that as well and there's just a lot more pieces that they have to learn on the fly I guess so Alan what's your rationale behind your 34? Yeah um, I think this team at its best whatever that looks like compared to last year's uh, ultimately yeah this I agree with both of you guys that this team edges that one out um, last year definitely had the the scoring punch whereas this year it's I think we're all a little bit worried about where exactly is that going to come from uh if Brandon Ingram kind of figures himself out and uh just relaxes a little bit etc then maybe this team will exceed all of our expectations but right now we can only really look at what we've seen and it it appears that it's going to be up and down it's going to be bumpy but like Tommy said this is not going to be like a couple years ago where we were going through completely abysmal stretches for months and months at a time um dropping five or six games at a time this year and then winning maybe two or so um is probably what i expect i don't think we're gonna be around 10 and 10 these first 20 games of the season um it's it's, i think it's gonna be under 500 but it'll be like you guys all said a steady but slow uh progression throughout the year Yep, I agree. So with that said, let's move on to our player prediction award. So who do we have as our Lakers MVP at the end of the season? For me, I have cap space. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I've got Lonzo Ball. I think if the team is going to go anywhere or show any real progression and signs of improvement this year to hopefully lure free agents in the summer, it's going to have to be Lonzo Ball. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it, if the MVP technically would be Brooke Lopez in terms of the stats, but I think the MVP is going to have to be Lonzo Ball if we hope to make at least that optical leap that we hope to see from this team in terms of, you know, a change in the way we play, a change in the culture, etc. So I don't know if Lonzo Ball will necessarily have the MVP numbers that people expect, but I, I would hope that, and I don't want to go into the mumbo-jumbo Lonzo effect stuff, but I would hope that at least his style and his leadership translates. So, uh, Tommy, what about you? Who's your, who's going to be your Lakers MVP this season? I think my MVP is going to be Brooke Lopez. I think he is the best overall offensive player, definitely the best overall offensive big man we've had in a very, very long time. Um, but even arguably the best overall offensive player, just generally that we've had in, in, in quite a while in terms of, how versatile he is and how, how, uh, how effective of a scorer he is. I think this guy's easily going to put up 20 points a game. Um, I, and he's going to do it on like pretty efficient numbers and 
he's like a, a better rim protector than we've had in a while. You know, he might be a little bit slow footed in the pick and roll, but we haven't had a guy who blocks almost two shots a game, like over the course of his career. And I don't know, since Dwight, you know, so it's, uh, I think Brooke is going to be overall, uh, the most valuable player for us. Makes sense. Alan, what about you? I'm also going to go with Zoe. Um, I just imagine, you know, if there's a night where Zoe is unable to play in the future, how this team is going to look drastically different. Um, as opposed to if he were in the lineup, if you were to take out, let's say Lopez, who I think will have the highest scoring output on the team for sure. Um, you know, it's like, there are kind of ways that you can go about, um, like playing without him, I guess, like you would be missing that huge scoring punch from him and someone who can hopefully be like a go-to in the post when you really need an easy bucket. But, um, you know, we do think Nance and Randall are going to spend some time at the five and, you know, we don't, I don't think any of us envision Brooke Lopez playing like 35 minutes a game or anything like that. Whereas Zoe probably will see that type of floor time. Um, so yeah, I definitely see where you're coming with Brooke. Uh, as far as output goes, but with Zoe, it's like, how do you replace a guy that plays like that who has such an effect on all of his teammates? Cool. Yep. So let's move on to most improved player. For me, I'm going to go with, and I sure hope it happens, with Brandon Ingram. I think in terms of from year to year jump and also in terms of first half of the season to second half of the season, we're going to see Brandon Ingram kind of play out the way he did his rookie season where he kind of starts off slow but still better than last year and then really take off more in the second half and really assert himself more once the team has gelled a little bit more. So I'm hoping Brandon Ingram really becomes that most improved player for the Lakers this season as a whole from last year, but also see that progressive stride from the first half to the second half as well. So Tommy, what about you? On this, I probably would go with uh, Julius Randle. And I know Julius Randle had, like, a pretty good season last year, and, like, also he might come off the bench. But just in terms – maybe not in terms of stats, but in terms of efficiency, which I guess is a stat. So in in terms of efficiency and in terms of just basketball IQ and understanding and effort and all these intangible types of things, I expect him to – make the biggest leap. I think he's shown signs of it in the preseason. Um, And yeah, I think coming off the bench could actually be like the best thing that happens to Julius Randle in terms of, uh, uh, you know, for his future contracts and future uh, career. Cool. Alan, what about you? So I was debating between these two guys and uh, I ended up going with BI. Um, You know, he averaged just a little over nine points per game last year. I'm pretty sure that's going to go, and we're going to talk about numbers and stats later on, but I think that's going to go up significantly. And while he seems like he's had a difficult time uh, getting out of his own way in the preseason, you got to figure like all the work that he's put on, put in on changing his jump shot. And like, we can tell like it does look different. Um, He may revert back to the old way at this point, but maybe 20 to 25 games into the season, about a fourth of the way through, I feel like things are going to really start to click for him and the difference in his game from last year, this year is going to be extremely visible. Um, But Tommy, I do hear what you're saying with Julius. Um, I mean, he put in a ton of work with his jumper and all that too. And while it still looks kind of weird, like he was knocking down that mid range jump shot um, from about 18 to 20 feet during preseason. And um, 
he is playing for that contract. He's in phenomenal shape, all that stuff. I, I think he's going to average double-double or very, very close to it. Um, and I do think, and we've talked about this a little bit, feasting on some other uh, second units by coming off the bench could really prove uh, you know, his, his worth, basically, this season. However, I'm going to give the edge to B. All right, let's move on to Defensive Player of the Year. I have KCP because that's exactly why we paid him $18 million for one year to do play defense, shoot threes. But I will want to, I do want to add that while I have KCP as our defensive player of the year, I hope that it's Julius Randle because that would be an amazing turn of events for him, especially with the fact that he worked so hard on his body to do those things, to run around the court, to block shots, getting to pass, get into passing lanes, get those steals. And so far in the preseason, I mean, Still some spaciness in terms of man-to-man defense and whatnot, but we've seen glimpses of what an uber-athletic Julius Randle looks like. You see some of those Draymond Green glimpses with like the help blocks, with the steals, running out in transition and all that stuff. So KCP for me, but kind of hoping that it's Julius Randle. So Tommy, what about you? I also think it's going to be KCP. Um, we haven't had, like I mentioned before, we haven't had a guard who competes at this level uh, defensively on the perimeter in such a long time. And it's just like, it makes such a big difference. Like no knock on Clarkson or like, you know, any other guards that we've had over the past few years, like Lou Williams, no, no knock on any of these guys. It's just like watching Caruso, even Ennis and watching KCP this preseason, it makes – I know we always talk – it should be obvious and we talk about this all the time. It makes such a big difference having a guard that can at least like slightly deter an opposing point guard so they're not going in a straight line to the rim. But, you know, maybe a slightly curved line to the rim. It makes a big difference. And, you know, KCP, he doesn't get a ton of steals. He gets about a steal a game. It doesn't really show up in, the, in those like those types of stats for him. But – he is just a, a fantastic and relentless defender. So I think I think he'll be defensive player of the year for us. Yeah, to add to that, I think what the the value that KCP brings on defense often like you said, often doesn't show up in the, the box score. It's because he's a great positional defender and he has a really strong base to him. He fights over screens, but also he's just right. able to stay in front of his man a few ticks more than normal. And that usually that makes all the difference. Just a few ticks more than any other guy. So Alan, who's your defensive player of the year? Yep, ditto with you guys. Um, his lateral quickness is mm-hmm. far better than anyone else's on the team, like you said. Um, and when he like closes out on shots, he just has, I think, better innate fundamentals <laughs> than other players on the team. He's not going to go like flying through the air going for the big block. As long as he can get a hand in the shooter's face, you know that's all we're asking for is a strong closeout um, at the three-point line, which is something that we struggle with so much in the past. So. Um, you know, he's the guy that you can count on. And like Tommy said, he may not have the flashy, like jumping the passing lanes types of steals or anything. Actually, I feel like Lonzo's going to have the most of those, um, cause he has such good off ball defensive instincts. But, uh, ultimately, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be KCP as well. Cool. So let's move on to six man of the year. So this obviously depends on who's going to stay on the bench. The Luke probably will have different iterations as the season goes along, but I will have Julius Randle as our sixth man of the year for all the reasons we've stated previously in terms of we've seen it in the summer league, him just being able to 
really have more reign over the offense and still doing all the things that he wants to do, but really having more freedom to do that. And he's played really well so far, The fact, especially given the fact that there's no no one really to create on the second unit. So, And if, if he continues that pace and he continues to come off the bench, I think Julius Randle will definitely be the sixth man. What about you, Tommy? I totally agree. I also think it's going to be Randle, not to be boring and just agree with everything you say, but it, it, I think Randle... Uh, he the way he plays, I think he's Randall is a good NBA power forward. He's not like amazing. He's also only twenty two, so but so he's not like amazing. He's not horrendous. He I think he's somewhere in the middle of the pack. Um, he's a very 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 good bench power forward though, because he can come in against like less slightly lesser opponents. Uh, bench power forwards tend to not be as big and or at least not as big and skilled. I think. Although the game is moving more towards a small ball, pace and space, all this type of stuff, power forwards are still usually much bigger and stronger than Randall in starting lineups, and that hurts us. Um, Against the bench, you know, who has, like, I think most teams in the NBA start a seven-footer, even with the pace and space. I think way less of those teams bring another seven-footer off the bench to be a backup center. So Randall matches up much better against backup centers, than he does against starting centers. He matches up, matches up much better against backup power forwards than he does against starting power forwards, just in terms of talent. Um, and I think he can maintain his energy off the bench. And so I think, yeah, I think he's my favorite for uh, to be the sixth man for us. Alan, what about you? Um, I guess I'm going to be really boring because I was trying to think of like how, who else could I make an argument? And if Kuzma like doesn't start at any point in the season, um, I guess, you know, I would give it to Kuzma, but um, I think we all anticipate him breaking in uh, at some point. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it to Julius as well. Just we already really talked about all of it. And um, it's interesting because, gosh, I can't even remember. Was it just last year that he came off the bench for the first time or did Byron have him do Byron had him do it as well, right? It just feels like it's yeah. been five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like if we all think back to the first time Julius had to come off the bench – um, initially he didn't react well, like in his play and also in his attitude. Cause it's one of those things. It's a shock. It's the first time in his life he's ever had to do something like that. And, uh, it's just, it's cool now to see the maturity of him embracing that role. Hopefully he can embrace it over time, regardless of what's happening in the starting lineup. And, uh, I'm very happy for him for that. So I Cool. All right. So this is going to be another boring award that I think we'll all have the same answer to. But Rookie of the Year, we've actually got a pretty good crop this year. We've got not only Lonzo Ball, but we've got King Kyle Kuzma. We've got Caruso, Josh Hart, and Thomas Bryant. Uh, I think the only argument for anybody but Lonzo would be Kyle Kuzma, but I just don't see the, him getting the minutes. If they had the same minutes, then I could be like, yeah, you know, maybe Kyle Kuzma could be the rookie of the year on this team. But given that I think Lonzo Ball, no matter what, is going to get 32 minutes per game and Kyle Kuzma, it's all up in the air. Uh, Lonzo Ball is my rookie of the year, especially because he was also my MVP. Tommy. Uh, Lonzo Ball. What? <laughs> Alan. <laughs> Zo. Zo it is, Zo 2. Zo 2. Zo 2. What you rocking, Zo 2? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's the song I had in our intro today, the Zo 2 song. It's great. All right, so with that said, oh, how about this? Who's going to be our Community Service Award dude of the year? Lil Dang. I got Lil Dang. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I guess he does have to do something this year. So Lua Deng, Community Service Award. Being serious, though, I think it might go to Kyle Kuzma, actually, because he's from Flint, uh, Michigan. Oh, yeah, he's a true. hard-nosed kid. Blue collar, loves doing stuff for the community. So I'll give that to Kyle Kuzma. Actually, I was going to say, wait, yeah. I want to give a real one. Uh, Corey Brewer, because he's always got a giant smile on his face. Hey, there you go. <laughs> so this is funny, but do you know who Corey Brewer looks like? He looks like um Timon. You know oh my Timon God. And Puma? <laughs> <laughs> like every time he smiles, I'm like, where have I seen that before? I've seen that before from my childhood. <laughs> and it's Timon. So there you go. C- Community Service Award and Timon lookalike Corey Brewer. We're just doling out all these random awards tonight. Uh, with that said, let's delve into the stat predictions. Alan, you and I did like a review of our initial stat predictions last year, and we surprisingly were not too far off, which is pretty cool. Um, although I guess you can't go too crazy with these. Um, let's start with Brooke That's Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brooke Lopez this year. Um, I'll start off first by saying I think he's going to average 28 minutes per game. He's going to have 21 points per game, six rebounds, three assists, two blocks on 47% shooting and 38% from three, making two threes a game. So not too far off from his averages the last few years. Um, Last year was the first time he really started shooting threes, and he only shot at 34%, but the fact that he hit 1.5 threes a game, I believe, or even 1.8, is really impressive, and I think that's going to bump up, obviously, this year with the type of offense the Lakers are going to run, especially in the half court when things bog down, and him being more of a pick-and-pop shooter with Zoe and Brandon Ingram. So, Tommy, what are your averages for Brooke Lopez? Brooke Lopez, 29 minutes a game. Okay. 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 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, 20.8 points per game 1.6 blocks per game 6.8 rebounds per game he's going to shoot 48.7% and 36% from 3 even even 36 36.0 even 36.0. All right, Alan, what about you? <laughs> All right, I'm going to give him uh, 30 minutes a game. Uh, I've got him at 20.5 points, 6.7 rebounds, 1.8 assi- uh, blocks, 2.5 assists, 49% from the field, 35% mm. from three, and about 1.6 threes made per game. All right. Awesome. So let's move on to Brandon Ingram. I have Ingram. uh, This is a tricky one. You know, last year, in the last two months of last season, Brandon Ingram was essentially a 13-4-3 kind of guy shooting around 45 to 46%, which was a huge leap from what he was shooting prior, which was around like 38% from the field. So keeping that in mind, you know, obviously his season averages were more 9 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Um... I think Ingram's going to average around 32 minutes per game and eventually settle into about 14 points per game, five rebounds, three assists. The the jump that I'm expecting is 1.8 steals a game just because the pace is going to be faster this year. And I think we've been seeing him getting getting into the passing lanes a little bit more, using his long arms and limbs. Um, And then I think he's going to shoot 44%, which is a pretty sizable leap from the 40% that he shot. 
um, 35% from three, which is also a sizable leap from the 29% he shot last year. And then he's going to make 1.5 threes. And I'm really crossing my fingers on that one. We'll see if it actually happens. But he did put in the work this offseason. It's been kind of up and down in Summer League. But I fully expect it to hopefully round out to 1.5 threes. And then the biggest jump for me, actually, is going to be his free throw percentage, which I think he'll average 75% from the free throw line, which he only shot 62% last year. So, Tommy, what about you? Um, Yeah, I'm pretty similar. I think... I think I have uh, Brandon Ingram at four, uh, 14 points per game shooting. I think he's actually going to be an efficient 14 a game. I think but when it's all said and done, I ex- I'm expecting him to finish at 47% from the field, which would be a huge mm-hmm. leap. Um, 32% from three, making one three a game. I think he's going to shoot about – I don't think he's going to shoot significantly more threes per game than he shot last year is the thing. Um, so I don't think I, that's why I think his uh, because he's gotten better at other things like finishing around the rim and hitting his mid range jumper. That's why I think his overall field goal percentage will, will be pulled up quite a bit. I agree with you on the big jump with the free throws. I think seventy five percent is fair, uh, and then for rebounds and assists, I'd say five rebounds, three and a half assists, um, and one steal per game. Cool. Alan, what about you? Cool. I got him at uh, 33 minutes per game. I have him with a huge jump uh, scoring-wise, 16 points per game. Ooh. Yeah. Damn. Uh, <laughs> um, I've got him at five rebounds. I also have him at three assists like you, Jonathan. Um, I've got him at 43% field goal shooting. I've got him at 33% from three. Uh, I think he's going to get about 1.5 steals per game, and I think he's going to shoot 75.5% from the line. Cool. All right. I think Ingram actually, I think he'll eventually, at one stretch in the season, probably towards the latter end, will probably be averaging 18 points a game, and we can at least, even if that's not his final average, I will take a lot of pride in seeing him for like a good two-month stretch, like be the guy that hopefully... Magic Johnson's been, you know, heralding him to be. So I think we'll we'll get at least a month of Brandon Ingram being an 18 to 20 point scorer. So we'll see. So it can't be like this last year, right? Where all of a sudden he like figured it out. Yeah, I could definitely yeah. see that. But you kind of bump up all the numbers, obviously. Um, all right, so let's move on to Lonzo Ball. I'm gonna I have him at 32 minutes per game. I kind of have this conservative, but I do think like Brandon Ingram, he's going to have a second half of the season leap, but my overall averages are going to be 12 points per game, six rebounds, seven assists, 1.8 steals a game on 42% shooting. I I think he's going to struggle a little bit to find his shot. Um, And most of the shots he's going to be taking are of course going to be from the three point line. He's going to shoot 32% from there. And I have him making like two to 2.5 threes a game because that's going to be the majority of his shots. So 12, six, seven, 1.8. Alan, what about you? I've got Zoe at 33 minutes a game. I've got him at 10.5 points, six boards, seven and a half assists, one and a half steals, We've got him at 41% from the field, 31% from three. Um, and we'll add the free throws in here. I don't think it's going to be that pretty. I think it's going to be like high 60s, maybe mid 60%. Mm. All right, uh, Tommy, what about you? I'll say, let's see, what do I want to say? 
I'll say twenty five, <laughs> ten, thirteen. <laughs> I'll say uh, he averages about thirty two minutes a game, um, thirteen points a game. I'm going to go a little bit higher on the points, nice. um, just because I think he is more like offensively. He's more of a scorer than I think he he seems to be at times. Um, so I'll I'll pull that scoring number up slightly. Thirteen points per game. Uh, Seven, eight point one assists, uh, six rebounds. I think he's going to shoot about 40, th- 43% from the field and 32% from three. Uh, free throw, I, I honestly, I can't, 62%. I think the free throws are like every rookie shoots bad free throws. So it's hard for me for, to predict that. And then uh, 1.5 steals, like Alan said. Cool. I think in the second half, his numbers will mimic more of what we saw in the summer league where he, you know, had 16 points, nine rebounds, nine assists or whatever. I think it'll probably be a slightly lower version of that. So maybe the second half of the season, the last two months, he'll be more 15 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. And that would be a a great close to the season for him. So, all right, moving on to Julius Randle. Let's pick up the pace a little bit. I have him at 30 minutes per game still, and we can get into the, the minutes divvying later. Um, I have him at 15, 9, and 4 on 47% shooting, 1 steal, 1 block, 30% from 3, hitting 0.3 a game. I know last year he made a huge improvement in field goal percentage where he went from like 43% to 48%. I have it a peg lower just because I think he's going to shoot more threes this year and that's going to lower his field goal percentage. So I have him at 47%, which is not a knock at all. So uh, Alan, what about you? All right, I've got Julius uh, with... 14 points per game, got him at nine and a half boards, four assists. I actually have him right at 50% from the field, 28% from three, and I think he's going to get 1.3 blocks per game and about 1.5, maybe not that, like 1.2 steals. Cool. Tommy? Uh, Julius Randall, 29 minutes per game. Um, 15 points per game, eight rebounds per game, one, 1. 1.4 steals, one block. I think he's going to shoot 50% and 30% from three. What about assists? I don't think he's going to take that many threes. Uh, assists for, uh, three and a half, 3.5. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe even if he takes that amount of threes, that'll be mitigated by the fact that hopefully he'll be getting easy buckets from Lonzo Ball. So, I mean, 50% is definitely not out of the picture. All right, what about this one? Um, Kyle Kuzma. Uh, this should be interesting because we don't know how many minutes he's going to get. But I have him at getting 20 minutes per game when it's all said and done and somehow still averaging 12 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists on 46% shooting, 35% from three, hitting wow. 1.53 is a game. Yeah. Wow. So Summer League, he averaged 17 points, four rebounds, two assists on 46% from the field. He actually only shot 24%, believe it or not. It just didn't look like it from three. Um, oh, but wow. he did hit 1.43s and then shot 78% from the free throw line. If anybody was wondering whether that stroke is real, the free throw line is obviously a good indicator of that. So for me, 12, 5, 2, 46%, 35%. Okay, so I've actually got him at 22 minutes a game. I've got him with 
14 and a half points per game. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I've got him at uh, five boards, two and a half assists, 44% from the field, and 34% from three. I believe in Kuz. <laughs> hey, man, he's this year's Lou Williams, you know, but from the small forward power forward spot. He's like a little microwave, so I... Even though it sounds ridiculous for a guy to average double figures in like 20, 22 minutes, uh, I believe he can do it. He hasn't shown us anything other than that so far. So until he does, I'm going with that. So, uh, Tommy, what about you? I think Kuzma will play, will average um, 20 minutes a game. I think he's going to score 9.8 points per game, shooting 45% from the field. 33% 33% from three. I don't know about the other stats. I, I have to, I, I don't know. I pass on the other stats. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's, let's move on then to KCP. I have him at 30 minutes per game, 14, three, three, which is in line with um, his stats. The last few years, I have him shooting 45% from the field and the jump that I see actually happens in his three point percentage. He has, Career-wise, not been a good three-point shooter, only 33%, and he only actually shot 30% in the Summer League. He only hit 6 for 20, but obviously that was without Lonzo Ball. Uh, last year, he averaged 14, 3, and 2, two threes per game, 1.2 steals. So I have him this year 14, 3, and 3, 45% from the field, but also 38% from three-point land, which is a 3% jump. And Hopefully that'll be because Lonzo Ball gets some better shots, and I have him still hitting around two threes a game. Alan, what about you? 30 minutes a game, 13 points, three rebounds, two and a half assists, 43% from the field, 36% from three, and just a shade under two steals per game. Nice. Uh, Tommy? Uh, 13 points a game, uh, playing 34 minutes per game. Uh, let's see, 42% from the field, 36% from three, uh, free throw percentage, I don't know, 80, low 80s, 82%, um, and then three rebounds, two and a half assists, and one, 1. 1.1 steals. Cool. All right, so let's move on to Larry Nance Jr. I have him at 20, minute, 20 minutes per game, averaging eight points, six rebounds, 1.5 assists hopefully 1.5 steals and one block um these are pretty much in line with his averages from last year when he averaged 7 6 1.5 on 52 percent shooting and 28 percent from three um i have him hitting 50 percent from the field 33 percent from three hitting 0.3 a game so i think throughout the course of the year he'll hit maybe 33s hopefully um alan yeah, I've got him around 20 minutes a game, six and a half points, six boards, one and a half assists. Um, I've got him at 52% from the field, 28% from three, uh, 1.3 blocks. Tommy? 20, 22 minutes a game, eight points a game, six rebounds, uh, one and a half, uh, yeah, one and a half assists, 1.5 steals. I think he's going to shoot about 53% and 30% from three. Cool. All right. So I think the last player I want to hit on in terms of just going over his potential averages would be Jordan Clarkson. I have him at 25 minutes per game doing 12, three and three, 
1.83s. And I don't know why I put this number down, but I have 38% from three. I think I'm just hoping the Lonzo effect is real for Jordan Clarkson as well. And he knows what's on the line, mainly him being traded. So hopefully he'll just play better. And, um, you know, the, the last time he only had 25 minutes was probably his rookie year. And that's when he was passing more, you know, and that's when he averaged 11, three and three as well. So I don't think 12, three, three and three is uh, out of the question. So Alan, what about you? Yeah, I like those numbers too. Uh, I was thinking somewhere in the mid twenties as far as minutes go. Uh, yeah, I could see about maybe 12.5 points a game, uh, three boards, three assists. Totally agree with that. Uh, from three point, I'm going to. I'll be pretty generous. I'll say about 36%. And uh, from the field, it'll be about 45.1%. Cool. Tommy? I think uh, 28 minutes per game. I think about 15 points a game. Uh, three rebounds, three assists, uh, about one steal. And shooting numbers, I think he can hit 46% from the field and 33% from three. Cool. All right. So those are our player stat predictions for the year. Does anybody want to throw out any other random ones that you guys think are notable or are we good? Uh, I really would like to talk about Zubats and Bogut, but I think we'll pass tonight. Tommy? Uh... No, I'm I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, let's let's move on to bold predictions for the year. Um, does anybody want to start out cuz I have a pretty good one and I kind of want to save it for the end. So, does anybody have a bold prediction for the year? It can be about a specific player, it can be about the team as a whole, what they're going to do, you know, efficiency-wise on the offensive end, defensive end. Um, Allen what is what is your bold one bold prediction for the year? It could be a trade related thing. It can be yeah. God, some of these are stupid. <laughs> I wrote like five or six, uh, just in case so many of them overlapped with your guys's. Um, pick pick, this is pick your finest bold. breast milk one. Oh, dude, the the breasticle milk is amazing. <laughs> um, Zoe's gonna average a double double. Ah, okay. Yeah, so put him around assist, like assist 11, 11 and ten or so. Yeah. All right. That's like in steals and blocks. You mean right? <laughs> uh, exactly yeah 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 totally okay sweet and zero turnovers by the way which should count as like a triple double basically yeah <laughs> tommy what about you um my bold prediction is the lakers will finish top 16 in defensive efficiency what <laughs> are you top sure about that? 16 are you high <laughs> not quite top 15 mind you that, top, there's a big difference there. That's, top 16. Right, right. What breast milk have you been drinking, sir? <laughs> I've been drinking that good, good. <laughs> uh, I hope the Lakers. I hope the Lakers will drink that good, good this year too. To get from I think 29th last year or 28th defensively to yeah. 16th. But well, uh, I think realistically, if they play amazing or like really, 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 really well, they can jump to maybe like. You know, low twenties, like twenty-two or something, but sixteen was just bold. Oh, it's your bold. Okay, it's cool. Bold, yeah. It wasn't predictions. You're right. It was bold predictions. Bold predictions. Go big or go home. So here is my bold prediction for the year. I think by the trade deadline, some form of Julius Randall, Larry Nance, 
Zubots, and future picks will be sent to the New Orleans Pelicans for DeMarcus Cousins. <gasps> you heard it here first. Yeah, yo! Let's do it. <laughs> no, okay. So, so that, that was obviously a bold prediction, and it sounds crazy, but I think there is some realistic thing to that. Obviously, at some point, you know, DeMarcus Cousins is going to be a free agent. The New Orleans Pelicans are going to have to make a big decision with regards to his future. Um, obviously, when, if he puts him on the market, other teams will pony up but again will they pony up for six month rental of demarcus cousins what teams can afford to do that and i think the lakers are one of the few teams who are star chasing and trying to do that two max thing who would be willing to give up somebody like julius randall and obviously the the pelicans would be trading for a guy for the rights to pay julius randall around 15 to 18 million dollars but that's better than nothing obviously and then along with julius randall they'd probably get some sort of package that involves Larry Nance, Zubats, and future picks. And honestly, that might be their best, you know, package for DeMarcus Cousins. And the Lakers would have all the leverage in that scenario because DeMarcus Cousins is going to be a free agent in six months. So, you know, depending on how the Pelican season goes, and if it's like already in the rut by January, I could see the Pelicans kind of getting desperate and saying, all right, we got to get DeMarcus Cousins out of here for whatever we can get. So any comments on, on that? Tommy, do you think that's realistic? I mean, it's not realistic, but it you can see a pathway, I think. I, I think you could see a pathway, but I don't know. Despite being able to see the pathway, I think they they still... I, I just don't think... I think in their eyes, trading for... It's just not worth it, in my opinion, given, given everything else we've seen them sacrifice to now trade additional young assets... Yeah, you're getting a guy into Marcus Cousins who's like obviously an all-star and is very good, but if that's going to in any way hinder what you could potentially otherwise build with free just pure free agency, I I think they're going to just completely avoid any of those routes and just go into free agency and roll the dice even if they have no like star commitments and just see if they can get two stars. So and if you get LeBron, maybe he wants to bring his own guy as opposed to dealing with DeMarcus's antics. So I, I, I just don't really see that. No, yeah, I get your point. I mean, in terms of like giving up young assets, Julius Randle would be a guy we would have probably have to give up anyway. So I could see why that would make sense. But in terms of keeping it clear for the summer so that LeBron does have his choice and that you don't have someone already there that another star may not necessarily want to play with I think makes sense so yeah but that is my bold prediction you know the Lakers have to make some some very important decisions regarding who they keep who are they gonna trade and how much cap space are they gonna reserve for Julius Randle Jordan Clarkson how are they gonna pivot so um yeah it'll be interesting to see what moves they make or don't make prior to summer 2018 so that's my bold prediction it's bold for a reason um to close this show um, I thought we could just go over really quickly how we think the rotation is eventually going to be divvied up. Let's start with the uh, point guard position. Um, we kind of said it as we went through the guys' minutes, but we'll just talk about the f- full 48 minutes per position. For me, I have Lonzo Ball, again, at 32 minutes per game. I have behind him Ennis or Caruso, Ennis slash Caruso at 10 minutes per game, and then behind him behind those guys, JC playing some point guard minutes as well at six per game to make the full 48. Uh, Alan, what about you? Yep. I pretty much have the exact same thing. Zoe 33, 
Ennis slash Caruso, I guess, 10, and then JC, 5. Tommy, what about you? That's interesting. Maybe I'm looking at things differently, but I would have Zoe... Uh, 32, and then have JC actually have more of the minutes than Ennis as the backup one. Um, just because I think they want to ha- figure out a way to get him on the floor off the bench, and KCP is going to... At least maybe that's why, because I had a higher projection for KCP playing 34 mm-hmm. minutes per game. So so uh, I would have JC getting more of the backup minutes, maybe like 10 minutes uh, behind Zoe, and then six going to Ennis. Cool. All right, moving on to the shooting guard position. I have KCP at... 28 to 30 minutes per game, and then Jordan Clarkson being the primary backup shooting guard at 20 minutes per game. I'm sure at some point Josh Hart will make his appearance there, um, but just in terms of the overarchingness of that minute distribution, I think that's how it's going to work out. Alan, what about you? I got KCP 30 and Clarkson 18. Tommy? I have KCP 34 and Clarkson 14. All right, so small forward. I have Brandon Ingram at 32 minutes per game. And then behind him, I think this is where Kuzma is going to get some of his minutes, or actually most of his minutes, uh, at 12 minutes per game. And then, for some reason, I still have Luau Dang or slash Corey Brewer getting like four minutes a game. Alan? Yeah, I left those guys off completely. Uh, (laughs) No, that's great. (laughs) I got BI 35, which is a lot. And I have Kuzma at 13. Tommy? Uh, BI... 32, Kuzma, uh, Kuzma, Kuzma, Kuzma 16, <laughs> 16, cool, alright, uh, power forward position, I've got Larry Nance at 20, i got Julius Randle at 20 as well, and then Kuzma with 8 minutes, Alan? Nice dude, Mine, mine's like, just about the same. Cool, Tommy? Nance, 22, Randle... 24, Kuzma, 4, <laughs> wait, no, wait, 2, 2, with math, <laughs> 2 quick, in those 2 minutes, he's going to average 25 <laughs> points per game, alright, um, center spot, I've got Brooke Lopez at 28 minutes, um, I've got Zubat slash Bogut at 10, and then I think Randall's going to get 10 minutes as well, like he has been in the Summer League, playing some of that small ball five in those quicker units. Alan? Yeah, either you cheated off my paper or I cheated off of yours, because <laughs> mine's exactly the same. Tommy? Brooke Lopez, 28. Andrew Bogut, 12. And then the remaining eight split between Nance and Randall. All right, cool. So with that said, that is our Lakers season preview. The season is here. The Dodgers are going to sweep the sh- Oh, should I, should I not jinx anything? I, should, I shouldn't jinx anything. All right, the Dodgers uh, are going to jinx Don't say anything. <laughs> the Dodgers are fun. Yes. The Dodgers are fun. <laughs> the Dodgers play baseball pretty well. Alan's feeling lit about them. We're feeling lit about the Lakers season tomorrow, or I guess depending on when you're listening to this, this morning, tonight. Cavaliers, Boston, the NBA is back. I'm excited. I'm pumped. We're all lit. 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 Breast milk. So I don't know how this is a thing. Most most valuable iTunes rating ever. I think his name was Eddie T. Something something. Thanks Eddie for that review. Eighty six. There we go. Um, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes. The more you rate and review us, 
That's how many more pumps of breast milk we'll be getting on this show this year. Ayo! <laughs> breasticles, breasticles. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, we're done. Um, yeah, we will catch we, you guys. Are when, we, though? We're done. We'll catch you guys when the season starts, which is tomorrow. And the Lakers, Clippers, yeah. Thursday. Here we go. It's lit. Let's go. Alan, catch you later. Tommy, catch you later. Bye. Later. Peace. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi! Did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi! You have high cholesterol! Hi! You're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi! There's no more even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.